Wednesday, and that means that you're listening to Spoiler Alert. I'm, of course, joined via Zoom teleconference by Sean and Sonia. Hello, guys. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, Listeners, we here at Spoiler Alert endeavor to investigate watchables in as many different ways as we can. Be it an in-depth look at the works of a particular actor, creating an awkward yet accurate rubric of a lifetime of work, or blatantly declaring that we disagree with an international consensus and that, frankly, we don't give a damn. This week is no different. Today on Spoiler Alert, we are taking our first steps on a decade-by-decade journey back through time, looking at the most prominent, worst, or most notable films of the 2010s. I'm not going to lie to you guys, I just put sound effect in there and I wasn't confident of which one it was going to be. From earthquakes, from earthquakes to Trump's, we've got what, we're going to take a look at what got us through it all. Uh, As per usual, a full spoiler alert is in effect. And you may learn that Han Solo is Kylo Ren's father. It just doesn't work. It doesn't have the same, Mm. it doesn't have the same magnitude as the Luke one. It's just not a big of a thing. How big is this world? Everyone is everyone's father. It's true. I mean, God. Anyway, okay. Let's dive right into it. Guys, what are some of your favorites from the years 2010 to 2020? Which is a bonkers question to ask, but I still, I appreciate it anyway. It is bonkers, but it's like, honestly, when I started thinking back, I was like, oh, that film was made three years ago. And it was like mm-hmm. 2010. Like a lot of the films I watched were like <laughs> just on the line. The The timeline is real. It's really messed up. In your mind? No, like for real. Oh, okay. for, for real We're in the darkest the timeline. Time. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, the darkest hour. That's that's definitely true. Anyway, what are some of your favorites, you guys? Well, I feel like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it was quite a good decade for movies. Like, when I started thinking about some of my favorites, I was like, oh, there are some of my, like, very favorite movies that came out in this decade. Um, I would say some of the highlights for me are, um, Get Out, obviously, I think made a huge impact as a film. Um, Moonlight is another one that I think is, like, one of my favorite movies, like, that I've ever seen. One of the movies that kind of, not, it didn't, like, change the way that I look at movies, but it, like, it impacted me a lot in terms of, well, I don't even know in what terms, but it, anyway, it mattered a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that Lady Bird is one of my favorites. Um, The Favorite, ironically, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Farewell, Sorry to Bother You. Like, I just feel like some real heavy hitters. There were some heavy uh, hitters. I, I, but some of them are hitting so heavy I, that I don't know if I want to rewatch them often. Because so there, there's a lot of them pack a bit of an emotional punch. Like, I... Mm-hmm. But there's like, okay, so I'm going to talk about one that you would not think I was going to talk about, but I do all the time. And that is Mad Max Fury Road, which Mm -hmm. is probably one of my favorite films of the decade, which is so surprising to me, uh, first of all, because it's not really something I would normally be into. But it's so the visuals are so incredible. The action is so crunchy and like real. And I went to see this in theater like. Four times. I I spent <laughs> upwards of $50 watching this. Uh, and I would uh, do it again. I would find a friend. Yeah, I would find a friend who hadn't gone. And I would just be like, we're going. Let's go. Really? You know, oh, it's starting at 1130 p.m. on a work night. Let's head her. Let's go. And you would you watch know, their on the face smallest screen with one in the eye city. and the screen with the other. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was so good. Um, I think to jump on your point there, Sean. I, I To think leap on my point like a man on a stick. Oh, from a uh, I motorcycle. Think, I, I think, I think Fury Road is my favorite movie of this decade. Mm. I think I can easily like. I think I'm with. Well, not I think easily, I'm signing up for that too. I at first I was like, yeah. it's my top five, but it's near my top. Yeah, I've got a list. It's at the top of it because um, I like it's. I it's certainly one of the most prominent films I think of the of that time. Um, I watched it again this week. I'm always blown away at how I just kind of get lost in it. 
and like we'll just watch it without doing like you know sometimes you watch something and you're like oh I'm thirsty I will get a drink because I'm in my home but um not during Fury Road nope I just like sit there and watch the whole thing straight through it's just so good um I would like I only saw it in 3D that one time and I would like to see it again to see if there was like more impact there I don't uh, know can you take more impact I would Do like you think to. you can handle it? I'd really like to. I at this point, yes. This point, yes. <laughs> it's um, funny because that, that is one of my top uh like films of the year and then the, my other ones are like Call Me By Your Name and like Moonlight. <laughs> like it's just such a really <laughs> it is a very bizarre. It's a it's a different tone. Mm. Mm. Um on uh things on my list, uh I really did enjoy Birdman quite a bit um they've 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 sort of made a few others in the same style like the space one and the revenant um which is like you know this like super long take style thing um but birdman i think was one of the best did you guys see have you heard the lobster do you know what that is have you heard of the lobster i have heard isn't that yorgos it's a yorgos uh yeah i've heard of it (laughs) Uh, i haven't seen it uh, it's it's definitely up there. It's really weird and like really crazy, and gets really really dark. Um, but it's very good. Uh, and I remember being blown away by that. Uh, also a thing to say that is confusing in terms of time is that the Dark Knight Rises came out, uh, in twenty twelve, I think. Uh, and I think that was that's I think that's a big one. Am yeah, I, that feels like a. Wrong? That feels like a bygone era. Like, like that feels. Ago. Yeah, twenty twelve. Although, also when I was watching it, I had like one eye on the door because I was scared of <laughs> of yeah. someone coming into the theater and shooting me. So, you... oh god. <laughs> uh, so I didn't know if I enjoyed it very at the time very well. Oh, I forgot about that too. Holy cow! That was like the only thing on my mind, and then after it was done, I was like, I don't remember what happened. Well, luckily, Chris Nolan doesn't make very tense or intense movies, so I'm sure it was, no like, for his things you don't to need to you don't need to pay attention or like yeah mm-hmm. or anything uh very you know very lowbrow that whole sort of thing mm-hmm. um did did you guys notice among the sort of you know like we always look at lists and different things to try and get an idea of where we're at but um did you guys also notice that like it seemed to only really be like movies that did very, very well or movies that did very, very poor. Like there's just this huge gap of like, oh, it's a blockbuster, you know, a whole bunch of things. We're going to talk about Marvel and a couple questions here, obviously. But, um, you know, it's just like these humongous films and there aren't like, you know, I, I feel like as we go back, you know, we'll see a lot more, like, when we get to the 80s, there'll be just a ton of movies that people have or haven't seen that did okay, and I just didn't see that Yeah, here. oh, I would love to get to mm. the 80s. Um, I feel like we're, also, we're... in this specific decade, there's a lot of films that we awarded, like, definitely nominated for Best Picture, maybe a few won, and that literally two years later, we're all like, that was terrible, why did we do that? Like, we've got, like... <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club and like The Help and like Green Book. There's like a lot where everyone's like, why why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three billboards, which true. was terrible. It was bad? Oh, I hated it. And I remember I went with friend of the show, Amber PB, and we watched it and we were just kind of looking at each other throughout the film. And then afterwards we're like, what did we miss? Because that was garbage, mm. hot garbage. And oh my god, yeah. I also anyway. hated it, and I love Frances McDormand. So, oh, love Frances. Um, the boy that was in everything for a year was in it. You know the one. <laughs> he was in Lady Bird, <gasps> and he was in oh Lucas Hedges. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it did not hit. Did not hit for me. Mm-mm. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, like that's the thing. It was one of those movies that like should like it looked like it could be good, but 
It didn't. Mm-hmm. But it like it, it, lo- it had all the dressings of it. It had this like faux prestige yeah. that I feel like people awarded it because they're like, oh, it was dark and everyone like everyone was really <laughs> angry and the uh, <laughs> and nothing really came of it. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I know that that's not what we're talking about today, but I was like, I always have to gear up for these, like, Oscar-nominated films, and I it started with Capote, I think. I just mm. remember, like, watching it and being exhausted, and thinking, like, every time I do this, I need two weeks to, like, prep myself before that trip to Blockbuster, uh, which is now just a click <laughs> away. For you. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah, as I get like, older, I I'm appreciating the best picture noms that are pleasant on the psyche and not like it's a roller coaster, like pummel your emotions type of film. I don't honestly need that. My emotions are getting a good pummeling. Thank you very much. <laughs> From the world. Well, yeah, there we go. All right, you guys. I don't know if this is possible. I have one on my list for this question, but uh, do you have a least favorite film or least favorite something from the the time? Sonya's like nodding her head with glee right now. <laughs> and I'm so stoked to hear what she's gonna say. I I have <clears throat> talked about this on the show before, but I mm-hmm. will never forgive M Night Shyamalan for his adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I believe was titled The Last Airbender, because. That show is so whimsical and so fun and yet still manages to have some real emotional heft and some, like, you know, worthwhile messaging. And it's so, so, so good after all these years. And that movie is a hot, steaming pile of doo-doo. And it makes me so angry. <laughs> and when I when you asked this question, I was like, oh, now I have to think of my least favorite. As soon as I thought of this one, I was like, that's the one. Because it that is, was the twist. It, I think it, it might be the worst movie bad. I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, I don't. I I've wa- I watched it. I didn't think it was good, but I didn't think it was as bad as people have said. So then my mind goes to how good is the animated show? Like, yeah. That's, did you like, watch the show? That's, that's my. Of course not. No. Yeah, <laughs> of course. What not. do you mean? Of course not. I it think seems you would like up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, um. But uh, I think, like, yeah, I'd probably like the show, but I think the negative reaction is it just seems like every other movie that Hollywood misunderstood Mm. and made into a two-hour thing that it wasn't possible to do. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's not good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I believe Roger Ebert's review of it said, um, let's hope so. Like, it was like the last airbender, let's hope so. Roger is sassy. <laughs> um, what is yeah? M Night is really like he was toast of to the town for so mm-hmm. long, and then he just dropped. But then I, I'm like, I, I'm like, what if we watch all of his old stuff again, and we're like, this is actually also hot doo doo, but we're just we're taken by the twist. It's probably true. I mean, Lady in the Water. Uh, it's probably somewhat. Lady true. in the Water is bad. That was. Lady in the Toilet Water. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his new stuff is, is pretty good. Like, um, why can't I... Is it... Is it uh, oh, what's the... The Happening? I can't remember what it's called. No, <laughs> that, not that. Oh my god, that was terrible. Uh, no, his, new, his newest one was Glass, where oh, uh, it's like the right. comic book one. But there's the Unbreakable, and then something in the middle, and then Glass, and I can't remember what the middle one was called. Um, but that one was like classic M Night action, where like the twist was really good and it made everything a lot richer. And then there was actually like a secondary twist where you found out it was in the same world as Bruce Willis's character. Um, and then Glass was like okay. Like, I don't know. Have you, you guys clearly have not seen it. Um, Nor will I ever, but, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I don't think. I so. think oh. I'm probably in that camp as well. I've heard good things. Oh man, but... I know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable is, I think it might be called Splice, the second one. Mm, that's um, but um, Splice. Yeah, Unbreakable is, is good. But that's that's classic M. Or Split? You know, that's Split. Split. Oh, yeah. Not Splice. It's Split. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. I remember because good. my like 19 year old co worker went to see it and 
the subject basically killed a bunch of 19 year old girls and she was like why it always got to be 19 year old girls <laughs> so true which fair <laughs> yeah sean what about you what's your uh what, what's your worst one? okay so this is a film from 2012 i believe uh mm-hmm. called Le Miserable, which is a musical <laughs> that is very incredible. There's a lot of great songs. It's a huge cast. It's a lot of great performance. Um, the great parts about the musical is that it is such, the music is so big. Everything is so big. It's expansive. Um, so then Tom Hooper makes a, a film where he does something that nobody has done before, where he asks his um, actors to sing live like it's a musical which yeah. sounds great except that when you're filming a f- film you will record a scene probably dozens of times because mm. you uh, you know you do it like you have to hit your marks right and like sometimes the cameras aren't ready or whatever so people have to do it over and over and over and these songs are meant to be like belted once a night and so he basically, a lot of the actors have had, like, major vocal damage from doing this. And mm-hmm. um, I sent you guys a clip that I've been watching recently that is very incredible. It's Hugh Jackman. It's so upsetting. <laughs> um, Hugh Jackman plays Jean Valjean, and he sings a very heartfelt song called Bring Him Home. It's a bit of a slower tune. It shows his falsetto. It's very nice. Except that... Um, and so then uh, people have been slowed it down to half of it. And he's just got this vibrato that is like the size of a truck. And he's just like, and it's just so slow and long because he's like, obviously just like tired. And he's just like, <laughs> like it's, it goes for so long. It's <laughs> crazy. It's like, it's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. And yeah. like, uh, it, and just the music, the performances are so, such a downer, like songs that are supposed to make your heart swell, make your heart not swell, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, I still haven't seen it, uh, because of, uh, people like Sean, which I think you've done me a favor, honestly, from what it sounds. Honestly, um, watch the clip of Anne his- Hathaway singing I Dreamed a Dream. For which she won Best Actress that year, Best Supporting probably, for just that one song performance. Because she's not in it for mm-hmm. very long. And it is really good. Um, but uh, yeah, our DVD copy is still sealed. At the, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to... Is it here? I don't know where it is. Um, it might be a Blu-ray. But uh, um, that video clip of Hugh Jackman as Jean Valjean singing in halftime, uh, my wife was alerted and came downstairs because she thought an animal was dying. Oh, she thought... Like, it is such a foreign a sound. She thought an otherworldly presence had made, like... herself, made itself into your house. Yeah. It's, like, distorted and nasally, and it's rough. It's, it's rough stuff. It's all there's 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 a whole bunch going on that's just absolutely terrifying. And like Hugh Jackman is but, a very skilled singer, but I feel like he just was what the take they got was not the take. What you what you and I mean like why it works is you record it earlier and you get a great take and then you just lip sync it after. Yeah. And sorry. And then also the actors can focus on acting because when you're exhausted yeah. from doing those insane 12 takes and your voice is exhausted like you're not going to give your best performance you're just not also Russell Crowe as Javert <laughs> is really something <laughs> i'll say that it's, a, it's, it's really a poor something choice. uh have you seen that like the other videos of him like practicing and trying to to do this role and like he's just giving like because he's not a singer, right? Like, he's not really trained as a singer. He doesn't really have those Ooh. skills. So then to go from, like, oh, we'll do our best. You know, we'll teach him our best, that sort of thing. And then, like, to have him destroy his voice every single day trying to do something he can't actually do. He uh, he looks incredibly focused in mm. all of the yeah, content I've seen from him. I do remember being... I think he but, tried uh, really hard. I do remember being visibly, like, 
lurching out of my seat when he first started singing because it's very it was like way very low very can i do my impression of what it sounds like yes i would love to hear that yeah it's like you will pay for what you have done (laughs) two four six oh one it's like that (laughs) that's good oh i would love for us to do a quick a quick tune as all the characters have been. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take me uh, eight or nine months to rehearse. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you guys, For on my list, I have two things that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. One, very briefly, I'm very curious to see if either, either of you have seen it, because it is a movie I have vowed I would not watch. So I have put another one on my list to actually talk about. But um, have either of you ever, I've mentioned on the show, either of you ever seen Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill? <laughs> no. I actually haven't. I... But I, it is something that I also am like, should I watch this at least once? Yeah, same. I, no. I saw the trailer for that movie, and I think in, uh, like, White Chicks or something. Another classic. <laughs> Uh, but they they tease that Adam Sandler does this in the movie, and it's funny because they're dressed up as women like this whole. But then it actually happens or some. It's it's some crazy bit of um, wait. Do you, uh, is it your belief that Adam Sandler made this entire film as a joke because of that reference? You know, maybe you guys. Wow. Maybe okay. I wouldn't put I think it past that him. It's certainly possible. Uh, anyway, the real awful movie that I would like to talk about, another one that I have talked about on the show before, um, is a little movie called Movie 43. I knew! I knew you would say it! I also knew with would. Hugh Jackman you it. In, a, in a role. I no, wish that I true. had written on um, a paper, Jeremy will say Movie 43, so that I could yeah, unfold it. It's, it's absolutely... like. I think we all knew that that cloud was on the horizon once we decided to do We knew those balls were on the chin, Um, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I still think that movie's funny, because I'm a bad person. (laughs) I tried tried to do it again. I tried. Did you? I tried to watch it this week. I did, yep. I I thought to myself, you know what? Because this... um, uh, I don't know if these guys are um, tied in with, like, the the ten or the the state or other shows of that ilk like mm-hmm. uh, the guys who did uh, what's the one about the camp Wet Hot American Summer Thank you yes with the Daves I don't know but the the vibe is there for yeah. me so I don't know if there's any lines drawn um anyway I thought to myself I'll just skip to the next skit if I don't like it <laughs> like I I can just like like I can just because it's 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 fourteen stories right. It's 14, like, isolated segments that have nothing to do with one another, and they're, they're just little discrete bits throughout the thing. Um, and, I, you know, if I don't like it, I'll just go to the next one. Yeah, it's like right? Rob Actually, and, right? <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, anyway, I watched Movie 43 this time in about 43 seconds, because uh, every time... I saw the setup. I just couldn't do it. I just was like, this is the worst. And I don't know if it, you know, encapsulates some part of my life that I really didn't like. And that's like the marker for it or what happened. Um, but I just can't. You think it's I just bringing up it like that. deep issues in you? Maybe. Like, as, like it's just like, like flaring up the, but like, I'm looking at the list of all the different things and I'm just saying to myself, like first and foremost, how did all these people I like get involved with it? And secondly, why did they make this? <laughs> Cause it's a disaster. You guys, it's an absolute crazy, crazy disaster. I should watch it again and see if I still think it's funny. <sighs> uh, you really should. I probably won't, and yeah. then and then I, we like, won't yeah. be able to do this bit anymore. Oh, this is Maybe, the bit that keeps like, on giving. I literally also only know that a one scene that Hugh Jackman has testicles on his chin, um, that's, and it's not referenced, and that's like the only thing I know about this entire movie. But like, like one of the segments is Gerard Butler as two leprechauns <laughs> with Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott. 
Isn't it, like, like, really violent, too? What? It It is, and highly sexual. And, oh. like, what? Like, did you hear what I just said to you? Like, what is Yeah, it this? made me laugh. And, uh... <laughs> and, and that was made by Brett Ratner. Hmm. Like, like, you know, like, it's just, like, how did this ever happen? And it still makes me sad to this day. Maybe <laughs> ten years from now, I can revisit this, and I will chuckle. And I will, you know, let loose enough to be like, you know what? That was fine. Yeah. That was okay. Maybe someday you'll but, vanquish these demons that are within you. And yeah. Be able to get this out of your <sighs> system. Maybe, you guys. With that, we should take a, a, a quick break from our... Uh, and hear a word from our sponsors. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. You're back listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR Regina Community Radio. Today we're talking about the years 2010 to 2020, approximately. But first, uh, before we continue our discussion, um, does anyone know what time it is? Does anyone have a Oh, I have indication? all sense of time. Evening. Anyone know? Evening. It's game time, people! Oh. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally ten seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have well, not seen. Well, it's good to know you're still I, invested I, in the show, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, sometimes, sometimes it happens quick and sometimes it doesn't, you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm there. I, I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? Yes. This week ti- this week's title is The Book of Eli. That title again, The Book of Eli. Mm. Book of Eli. Book of mm. Eli. Sean, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I believe it is about a boy named Eli. He is a young nerd. He uh doesn't get a lot of attention that people pick on him but he's very he loves he's a literature boy he loves getting in the library and he picks up a dusty old book once and when he opens it up he realizes he's the first person to check it out and while when he he gets to the middle of the book he finds a very strange artifact just um just like a, a a severed ear he finds in the middle and then he but then he so he tracks the earring that's on the ear to a jeweler and it sort of keeps him following this scavenger hunt of like bizarre things and it, he ends up solving a mystery. He gets embroiled Ooh. in a mystery for sure. Nice. Okay, and he finds his nerdiness melting away as he becomes a, a strong, capable person. But also continues to be a nerd. I don't want to make it seem like nerds can't be strong and capable. <laughs> mm. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Um, we have nerds everywhere. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for that. I don't want to get these nerd letters. You know how those go. Well, yeah, the listeners of our show, I feel, would have something to say about it. Copious pages. They would. Um, I think that the book of Eli, I also think it's about a young bookish boy, believe it or not, named Eli, who I was mm-hmm. also going to say one day finds a book in the back of the library, but. What happens in my movie is that he finds that kind of like that movie Stranger Than Fiction, um, it starts like narrating his life, like the words are like appearing on the page. And I also assume that the book of Eli is from the Bible. Do I know what happens in that book? No, I do not. But the things that are from that start happening in his own life. So it's kind of like a Bruce Almighty situation where Mm. (laughs) things from the Bible start happening in real life. Um, And then, you know, we all learn some kind of lesson at the end. uh, And Mm. a conflict A positive one? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you both. Um, Thank you. uh, You guys were not close in any way, shape, or form. Uh, You got a few things actually kind of right. There is a a book. There is a man named (laughs) Eli. A kid named Eli. uh, Yeah, there is a book, and there's a young bookish man uh, named Eli, played by Denzel Washington. Okay, neither uh, young nor bookish. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know that. Maybe Denzel's a big reader. You're right. I actually don't Uh, know Mr. Washington. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's uh, he's sort of a reader in this. Um, So because uh, this is 10 years old, uh, we're going to do a thing where I just tell the exact plot and ending and spoil each one of the game movies as we continue on week by week. Um, 
The Book of Eli is a 2010 American post-apocalyptic neo-Western action film starring Denzel Washington, Gary Oldman, Mila Kunis, Ray Stevenson, and uh, and Jennifer Beals. Um, It is, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Eli is a man who is alive in the post-apocalypse, and he is trying to get a Bible from one place to another. Um, and he's sort of mysterious. He's very talented and he handles himself very well. (laughs) And he kind of gets caught up in this like Western town that's run by Gary Oldman, who is the villain, um, who also is, uh, seeking the Bible in hopes to use it for evil, uh, which is, yeah, yeah, because it's got words that move people, but the big ending and the big twist and shocker to everyone is that we find out that at the end, uh, it's in when the bombs went off, a lot of people went blind, one of which is Eli, and he has been navigating everything without sight, and the Bible he carries is in Braille. What? So he gives it up to Gary Oldman, but he has memorized the Bible, and he gets to Alcatraz, which is where the sanctuary he seeks, and what? he repeats it verbatim so they can reprint the last copy of the Bible. And that wow. is the Book of Eli. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my god! Um, it 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 also has a very famous Hollywood scene where Denzel Washington and like nine stuntmen um, are doing this fight scene, this choreographed fight scene, and um, it was very complicated. And they rehearsed it a lot, and they had a bunch of cameras running so that they made like could you know like it's very hard to chop up, especially like because one guy will look wrong or whatever. And they did it especially when you're visually held it in one. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, the whole crew of men did everything perfect in one go, and they didn't have to do any more. Um, it's it is incredible. Like it's a very choreographed thing. He uses a machete. It's great. Uh, anyway, that's the book of Eli. Uh, it's just okay. Uh, maybe it's just okay. Anyway, uh, you I'm check it out so if you like. I'm getting so many conflicting opinions from you. Yeah, I'm yeah. like what yeah, a roller coaster. No, it was, it was I'm okay. I'm in. I'm out. I don't know what to, to feel. That's the 2010s, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Johnson, honestly. Thank you, guys, thank you guys for playing the game. Thank you, um, AJ. We're, we're diving back into our decade-long discussion of movies in the 2010s. Um, and we're about to hit on two very big topics that both of us... Bo- well, both of us, yes. There's two people here. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> two both people of and you, me. I guess me too. Yeah, two people and me uh, have very strong feelings about. And that is... Everything Marvel happened in this mm. time period, pretty much. Um, I think, like, uh, Iron Man was in 2007, which started us off, but I, that, you know, that's kind of an outlier. Um, when was Captain America? I have to actually look it out. Look it out. Uh, 20, 20, yeah, 2011. Mm-hmm. So it did definitely start in the. Um, that's actually know, kind of wild. Are, are are we going to look back at at this cuz it is concluded right they told a, a large story um people said it couldn't be done which made no sense because shows have done this for years so i don't know why they thought this would be so much more complicated um but like is this the feat that they say it is or is it just a uh, 22 movies in a row it's kind I of twenty two movies what in I'm a row. Say. Yeah, like it's real. I I feel strongly that it's twenty two movies in a row, especially just given the sheer power behind it, like the money, the studios, the talent. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they, there are some good ones, I think, but I I feel that mm-hmm. perhaps time won't be kind to it. Yeah, like as a as a good film, like Black Panther is probably one of is right. the, like the best. Um, mm. but a lot of them are honestly just like, like the first few Thors, like, no, like, give me a break, please. Before mm-hmm. Taika got in there. Um, I, yeah. the like Iron Man's, like a lot of them were just like, okay, I watch them because I want to gather this historical, like, uh, <laughs> knowledge. Um, uh, but I, I do not need to watch them a second time. Yeah. And um, you know, the more distance the I get from them, the whatever. more... The more I am just like, how much of this is military propaganda at the end of the day? You know, it's more than I would like it to be. I'm going to be honest. It's more than zero for sure. It's definitely mm-hmm. more than zero. Um, 
Well, uh, wife of the show and I have concluded our second watch through. Mm. Um, there were ones that we skipped, uh, (laughs) and there were things that were relevant that we had to look up that we had forgotten because we skipped, like we didn't watch Thor two. I don't think anyone blames us for not watching Thor two. It's probably the worst. It's probably the worst one, which is a little shocking considering it has like all these actors that people absolutely love in it. Um, Especially and, like, since Thor like three was very good. Very mm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that was a huge shift in tone and everything. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I wonder, cause on Disney plus now you can kind of watch threads throughout that give you like just the captain America version or just the Iron Man version. Like, um, which I think is interesting sort of like, taking like figuring out different ways to take bits and pieces of the story the thing that i am waiting for that i would like to see is where they're all one movie what in chronological order like like one however long you know 22 times three hour jeremy this is like a human centipede of films yeah that's true that's you're you're like a nefarious But but I like the obvious move to me is to make Yeah, I mean, you know, you cut it at hour lengths, right? To give people like you Game of Thrones it, right? But um it could work, I think. But and why? I wonder if, well We'll keep they, our eyes peeled for the Lagui cut. Yeah. Uh but they, but then you can decide to start cutting things because they're not as necessary, maybe. I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of like recappy moments, which it was fine years in between, but like you know we're watching Captain America and then we're watching the second one, so I don't need to get all this info again. I know like I was there two hours ago, bro. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Disney, if you're listening, which consider they are. making yeah. yeah, consider making the the supercut. I mean, if uh, there's a way for them to make money on it, I think we can say that they've probably considered it. Oh, Mickey Mouse has his dirty little gloves all over it. Uh, Speaking of those dirty little gloves, uh, this decade also saw the return of Star Wars, which is the third coming of of Star Wars. Um, You guys weren't into Star Wars before I made you be, right? Is that how it happened? I don't 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 feel that's entirely accurate. I'm trying to recall. I, I was medium into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have gone into... I don't know if I would have decided to go into Mandalorian if it, if you weren't mm. here. Mm. Um, and started doing research and then being like, oh, I'm excited to see Asaka Tano. Like, these are words <laughs> that I wouldn't expect to see come out of my own mouth. Mm. So mm-hmm. in this way, we have you have reflected onto me. And Thank I think you. It's that. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Disney's going to keep on, you know, gobbling up things that we like and pumping out multiverse stories of them, you know, until the cows come home. Yeah, but... Disney will continue to own my entire mm-hmm. body, which I'm not stressed about now. Well, Yet. the amount of things that keep flooding onto Disney Plus, I'm like, you guys, like, what are you, what are you doing out there? Like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. They're buying um, it up. That's true. Uh, all right, you guys, I got one more question before we get into some more general discussion here. Um, are there films that you missed out on that you meant to watch and never did and just uh, haven't since or were able to catch this week? Uh, what What do you got? Well, one that I have been meaning to watch since it came out and finally watched this week was Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham, which I think you've talked about Mm. before, Jer. Yep. I'm not going to lie, you guys. This one hit me in the feels, something fierce, in like this deeply confusing emotional way that I'm like, oh, so I'm triggered about being 13. Okay. (laughs) I I see. Um. I think Elsie Fisher, who plays Kayla, the main character, it's it's basically about this young woman who's ending her, her grade eight year, and 
doesn't really fit in, doesn't really have a lot of friends, desperately just wants to, you know, have some friends and be more confident. And she just is like the sweetest little person. That sounds so condescending, but just like this really, really sweet kid who obviously is like quite self-possessed and wise for her age is how she comes across, but just is like having a, a very difficult time and is nervous about everything. And I don't know, being 13 is awful. I feel like, I think there are a lot of people who maybe wouldn't wouldn't like this movie because it just, like, not a lot happens, really. It sort of just is the feelings and her in sort of some different situations and, and a bit of her growth in terms of realizing, like, I don't have to kind of pretend to be confident in order to actually be confident. And, you know, it ends in a way that you're like, okay, I think she's going to be okay, but, like, this movie it put me through it a bit. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot. I uh, have is... avoided it okay. because I think, like, as um as a boy that was also quite bookish and would wear just like a teddy bear sweater, like because I was like, this is close. I feel like things like that would very much um, <laughs> make me be like, oh god, this is not what I need to experience again. Yeah, there's. So some I think I would have to work sure. up to that. Yeah. Um, I, I think like, I, well, we've seen this, you know, tons of times before, but comedians do have a really good way of like Mm. conveying things that aren't comfortable or that are, I don't know, awkward or worse. Um, and, uh, I remember thinking it was a really incredible job of it and, uh, it does like give you the feeling of what that insecurity is, right? Mm. Like, and in more ways than one, which makes it worse, yeah. I think. Um, and uh, to not really have like an like a movie resolution because that's not the way life is, right? Yeah. Like you just kind of wake up tomorrow and maybe it's a bit better, or maybe it's not. Um, was really cool. Uh, have speaking of, have you guys seen his new special that he filmed all on his own? Uh, that was going to be no. my what you're watching. Okay. Well, then we'll pause there because I haven't seen it yet and I'm dying to hear what you think. Mm. Put a pin. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. my, Sean, what about... Yeah. My thing that I all literally all decade people have been talking about and I keep being like, I'm going to watch that and I never did except for this week and that is The Kids Are All Right. Um, mm. It is from 2010. It stars Annette Benning and Julianne Moore as a lesbian couple and they have two teen uh, children named Joni and Blazer. Uh, which is hilarious, <laughs> but played by Josh Hutcherson and Mia Wasikowski. And it's basically just like, um, it's a bit of like the family conflict. There's a bit of like couple sniping, but it's like, there's a lot of love here. And then the children decide to look up their, the sperm donor that was the father of both of them, because both of their moms got pregnant with them by the same donor. And so they search him out and it is Mark Ruffalo And he's like a very bohemian, free spirit type of dude. And he kind of just like tries to not insert himself in a villainous way, but he tries to like get to know the family and, uh, you know, be more involved. And everyone takes it in different ways. One of the moms, um, Nick, played by Annette Benning, is very type A and she is not into the... She feels like he's sort of trying to steal her family. Mm. Um. And it just creates a lot of conflict, but it's also like not because that character is like an evil, like a villain or anything. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of personal conflict. And in some ways it's kind of awkward. There's a lot of just like deep conversations between people, a very iconic Julianne Moore monologue. Mm. Um, and it's, it was just a really, it was a great film. And Annette Bedding is like kills it. I was very, yeah, very into it. Yeah, I nice. love that movie. Um, I still haven't watched mine because I couldn't cover the time. <laughs> what is uh, it? It's uh, it's the Master with uh Joaquin Phoenix oh, and yeah. um, I can't remember his name right now. I just looked it up. I should remember. Don't be yourself. Vamp. Out. <laughs> um, I'll do my Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um. Anyway, it's it's kind of a a pseudo um, uh, a pseudo Scientology film, mm. uh, loosely based off of um, oh, Ron uh, that 
Yeah, I think so, but also like it's more about the movement than the man. I mm. think is the way that he wrote it. Uh, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson oh, uh, yeah. situation, um, and uh, it's supposed to be uh, some of Joaquin Phoenix's best acting. Like it's supposed to be his most incredible stuff. And they did a lot of things where he's getting um, what do they call it in Scientology? You're getting red or whatever. Oh and, yeah, you're. Um... Right, yeah. with the electricity or whatever. Ah, what's yeah. it called? Um, I think it's reading, is it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, like Scientologists mail in and let us know. Um, <laughs> Actually, don't. Please leave us <laughs> Please alone don't. and don't come after us. <laughs> um, but but um, uh, I guess they would just do it for hours, mm-hmm. and he would film it. And, like, Philip Seymour read about what you're actually supposed to do, so he's, like, actually manipulating him to get this performance. Um, which just sounds scary, but what? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just have, for whatever reason, never <laughs> gotten around to watching. I have no idea why. Every time I like, it comes across something, I'm like, oh, that looks really great. I was mm. checking out and I just never do. So anyway, uh, with that, uh, do you guys have any other things you want to talk about? Anything else you watched this week? Um, we really left a lot on the table yeah. in terms of covering we a decade really in um, two 20 minute segments, but. I will just say one really quick that I watched this week uh, is that I heard a lot about is from 2020. It's called The King of Staten Island. Um, mm-hmm. It is a Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson uh, screenplay. Judd Apatow drags Pete Davidson stars. Um, it is about uh, a kind of directionless, like 24 year old dude who his dad died when he was like young. He was a firefighter. Uh, Pete Davidson's dad also died when he was young in what, 9-11. Um, he was a firefighter. So it is kind of biographical in that way. But it's just this character that is directionless and uh, kind of unlikable and makes terrible decisions and is selfish and has like mental health issues and just the people around him trying to like set him up for success and him kind of burning the bridges all the time. It's pretty, it's a hard watch. Um, it's also honestly a hard watch because it's like two and a half hours long and I could have dealt with it being, you know, 45 minutes shorter. It didn't have any apparent reason to be that long, but I was like, I don't, I'm still not quite sure how I feel about it because, you know, Pete Davidson's character is such an unlikable person, but I also was like, maybe it is still good. I don't know. I think it was at least very true to home for him and you know i think he put a lot of himself into it so Mm. you know i i suggest it cool that sounds good with a question mark (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so you didn't have anything else to mention nah nothing important i rewatched bridesmaids this week and i was like Oh, nice. This isn't as funny as I remember, but it's still pretty Oh, funny. man, it's st- it still kills me. Sonia, so um, watch Barb and Star. I will, I will. That, I mean, that's how you get the vibes. I gotta watch that, too. Um, I also feel like, before I say this next thing, I just have to say the words, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the fact that it didn't come up is crazy to me, but mm. that's okay. Anyway, um, you guys, it's time to move into our, our final segment called What You Watching? So what you watching, other than the stuff we're watching for this? Well, as I mentioned, um, I watched Bo Burnham's new special, Inside, last night, um, which uh, I think just came out, like, in the last couple days. It's on Netflix. He basically shot it all himself um, over the span of quarantine. Honestly, some of it is extremely funny, but also it is a portrait of a person alone in their house unraveling mentally through the coronavirus pandemic and as someone who lives alone and has spent a lot of this past year alone some of it hit real deep for me and this is what this podcast um, is basically yeah he his his beard and his hair grows throughout the course of it so you can see like when things were shot at different times um i think it, it was brilliant honestly there are moments of him contending with his past um mistakes and well I shouldn't even say mistakes the things he has said and done that are wrong in the past you know like he he has used slurs he has made light of Mm -hmm. things that I don't think were his to make light of and um 
he he contends with that. He contends with the dumpster fire that is our world in a systemic and political way. He um has a really funny song about white women's Instagrams. Um <laughs> it's it's very Bo Burnham in that it is constantly kind of weaving in and out of sincerity and irony and satire and um emotion and and humor and like yeah, it was a journey. I I really liked it. I would be curious to hear what you guys thought. I don't know that it'll be for everyone and don't go into it expecting a straight up and down comedy special for sure because that's not what it is and I genuinely hope that Bo Burnham's okay because mm-hmm. he, has, he has said he's okay. Yeah, like he has okay, said, that's good. Like it's a, yeah, he's, he said it was like a presentation. Mm. Not, you know, not, I haven't seen it. Not that it's not real but he said like like it was you know, a thing he did. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, yeah. Interesting. Mm. But yeah, John, um, really quick, uh, what you watch? Yeah, you can skip me. Actually, I, I don't have anything huge to talk about. Um, I uh, I rewatched Predestination, uh, which is still okay when you know the ending. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's really weird. End of review. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, that's that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna. My co-hosts, Sh- Sonia and Sean, I keep wanting to mix your names into one. It's our uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Oh my god. Everyone here at CJTR and to our listeners, Spoiler Alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6pm, rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at Spoiler Alerts. YQR and Instagram at spoiler alert CJTR. My electric is coming up next. See you next week. Bye. Bye.